Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey, Get to Vet listeners, this is Mike. And now for my personal disclaimer, although I am active duty military, I'm not an official spokesperson of the United States Navy. Any of my views expressed on the Get to Vet podcast are based on my personal experience. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Get to Vet. This is Trevor Maxwell, fresh back from our our summer break. And with me, as always, is my partner in podcasting. Mike Riggs, good to be back. Yep, 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 yep. Time to get back to work now. But uh, today we we got a great guest, uh, David Osborne. I'm going to let him talk about what he does. Um, but, you know, I, I was turned on to David by Sean Bailey, one of our other podcast guests. And uh, he said, yeah, there's this guy who sends out all these emails about all this great information on transition. And so he's like, do you want me to add you? And I was like, hell yeah, dude. So, uh, but yeah, David, we're glad you could join us today. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, guys. Good morning. Uh, so, yeah, as you said, my name is uh, David Osborne. I go by Ozzy. Uh, went by Ozzy, you know, the whole time I was growing up and in the military until I became a sergeant major. And then <laughs> my name was sergeant major. But so when I retired, I said, you know what? I'm gonna revert back to my nickname, Ozzy. And uh, there we go. So I said, mean, why Ozzy? Osborne, Ozzy. Just kind of, you know, hmm, that was my nickname, Oz or Ozzy. Uh, 27 years in the Army, uh, active duty infantry, went in unassigned Airborne Ranger. Uh, the Army saw fit to make me a Bradley guy in 1983, so did the whole Bradley thing for a while. Uh, when I went to the Academy, 9-11 happened, and all the infantry guys ended up either going to Bragg or Fort Campbell so we could deploy and, and fight the war. Uh, five combat deployments in total. And yeah, like I said, after 27 years, I decided, I decided to start a family. They wanted me to redeploy, and that's when the Army helped me make a decision. And I tell everybody, you'll know when it's your time. You just will. One day, it'll, just, it'll rear its ugly head, and you'll know it's time to retire. Uh, but I don't hold it against anybody to keep running toward the goal line, you know, they want to do 30, 32, 35. That's great. But sometimes people hit that tape at 20. You know, it, something happens in their life and they decide, hey, I'm done. Um, I tell everybody, you can leave the Army or any service you're in one of two ways. And a good friend of mine, Brian Zickfus, Marine, uh, former Southcom, he goes, you can, he, I got this from him. He goes, you can leave the service one of two ways, happy or disgruntled. He goes, happy, you pick the time and place that you're choosing to say, hey, I'm done, I'm getting out. Or you wait for the, the service to say, yeah, you know what? You didn't get picked this time. And I don't care who you are. We're all A-type personalities. You're going to leave and, and be just a little bit disgruntled. You're going to have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. So I tell everybody, uh, just keep your eyes open and you'll know when that time is right. It, it'll, it'll appear out of nowhere and you make that decision. I would just tell you, make that decision as a family. So when I was getting ready to retire, I was at the academy 
And everybody said, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. You know, that, that infamous question, what are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So a former uh, soldier of mine, E7, presented an opportunity, and he, he gave me a job out the door. Now, the, the story there is don't burn any bridges and treat everybody with dignity and respect because you never know the person that will be able to help you in the future. So that E6 or E7 that you think you're, you're taking a crap on, that could be your boss one day, you know? So we decided to move back to Kentucky because that's where family's at and gone forever and a day. And so we, you know, we had the only grandchild. So we're like, Hey, let's go back to Kentucky. So we moved back to Louisville because that's where the family was. Hadn't been here for years. Uh, but, you know, that, that's one of the, the biggest things, I think, when you're retiring is location. You know, where, where do you want to go? And I tell most people, as a senior NCO or officer, nine times out of ten, we go where we want to go i.e. we go where family's at, we go where we, we've been happy before, we tend to pick where we want to go. Juniors, junior soldiers and officers tend to chase a job. So they'll end up somewhere because, oh, wow, they got a job for me, and that's where I'm going. Where, you know, more senior individuals, we, we kind of know where we want to go, and we'll figure it out after that. Uh, so, yeah, we ended up in Kentucky. We weren't here very long, and my wife's like, can we go to Europe? And I'm like, you mean to visit? And she's like, no, no. Can we can we go live there? I'm like, did you miss the ceremony? Did you miss us walking across the stage and, you know, patting us on the back? Free hey, rides I, over. Right? I, that's right. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because we used our retirement move to come back to Kentucky. So I'm like, what are you talking about? But never tell a spouse this. You find me a job and we'll go. Uh -huh. She found me a job. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. In short order, she found me a job. So we went to Graffenbeer and I was a GS employee teaching battle command systems, uh, CPOF, FBCB2, JCR out of Graff. And we had a good time. I mean, traveled our butts off. You will never travel more than as a DA civilian. <laughs> hmm. When you're on active duty, you're always busy, right? You're always taking care of soldiers. You're always preparing for the next mission. You're always busy. When you're over there as a DA civilian, it's Monday through Friday, nine to five. And if the military is not working, you're not working. So we, we had a blast. Um, my dad passed away and we decided, all right, time to go home. You know, grandma's by herself. We, we need to come back. And the only way to do that was to resign from the government roles because I was a state. See, you learn stuff as you do things because I was a stateside hire as a GS employee. I had no return rights. It's not like going to Korea and coming back to Fort Benning or, you know, you know what I mean? It, I had no place to come back to because I wasn't somewhere when they hired me. That's called a stateside hire. So then you go into this black hole called PPP, Priority Placement Program. 
And what that does is it puts your name on a list. And when a job comes available, they'll, they'll give you a call. You, you know, your, your number gets picked and hey, here you go. So my wife and daughter came back uh, that summer that we decided we were coming back to the States. They came back because of school and I stayed. Well, around November, I went into CPAC, the uh, civilian personnel office, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, is there a job out there? And I'm never like, you haven't found one yet? I'm like, what? They're asking me if I found a job. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought that was your job to find me a job. No, no, you're on the list. And this is where it becomes a PowerPoint briefing. You're on the list. You're on a PPP list. You're good. That's how civilians stay in Europe or wherever they are overseas more than the uh, denoted five years. Because if you're on that list, if you're on the PPP list, for briefing purposes, you're covered. Hey, he's doing all the right things. His name's out there. Just nothing's come up yet. Hmm. So in, in part of this discussion, I'm like, well, look, I only came over here because my wife wanted to come. And guess who's not here with me? They're back in the States. I said, look, I'm done. So uh, I resigned. I don't, you know, like, what? You're resigning? Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't need this job. I'm a retired sergeant major, and I was only here because my wife wanted to be here, and they're not here. So uh, I resigned. Came back to the States. Not really doing much of anything. Uh, decided to finish my master's through University of Maryland. So I was drawing my 1,500-a-month stipend, post-9-11 benefits, going to class. Life was good. Wasn't looking for a job was happy. Well, part of my master's in business, I had to build a LinkedIn profile. I'm like, what? I didn't have a LinkedIn profile. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's for a grade, so I guess I got to do it. I got a B. <laughs> I, I laugh all the time, you know, I got a B out of that. But three weeks after I did that profile, my company reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, hey, uh, come talk to us about a job. You know, how's it go? Come talk to us about a job. We need your DD-214 and your resume. And my wife's like, who are they? I'm like, I don't know. They want my DD-214 and resume. You got to love wives. She's like, no. That DD-214's got a lot of information on it. And we're not sending that to nobody until we know who they are. So she did a deep dive into the company. She goes, all right, this is who they are. <laughs> you can talk to them. All right, cool. So I've, ne I've never interviewed before. You know, when you do a GS job, you really don't interview. Yeah. You get you get picked by your qualifications and some ATS computer system, you know, says, okay, yeah, you're good. And it spits your name out. That's why so, your resume has to be so long. That's right. That's right. You know, that's the difference between a civilian resume and a, a federal resume. One's two pages and the other one could be seven pages. Because you're trying to list everything you did in the military to meet the, uh, the job uh, KSAs. So never really interviewed. I said, you know what? I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to interview. So I'm interested. So I went out and I talked to him. First interview. Thought it went well. I left. My wife's like, how'd it go? You know, you got to love, again, spouse. How'd it go? How'd it go? Well, I thought it went okay. 
Well, I didn't do the, the necessary follow-ups. I didn't call them. I didn't email them. I didn't do, you know, I went out, I interviewed. Life is good. Three months goes by and I get another email from them say, hey, come back out and talk to us. And I was very flippant. I said, I forgot about you. I mean, it's been three months. I interviewed. You never called me back. Now, I didn't say, I didn't put it on me. Like, I didn't call them back. They didn't call me back. So then they get very apologetic. Oh, we're sorry. We're sorry. Just a busy time of year, into the fiscal year. Please come out and talk to them. Okay, I'll play your game. So, <laughs> so I go back out for the second interview. And in that, I'm like, what do you want? You know, what, what are you looking for? Oh, and you're going to love this hand and arm signal. We need this. I'm like, what the hell is that? We, we need the connective tissue to the military. I'm like, look, at that point, I've been retired five years. I said, I'm talking to my boss. I said, look, I, I've been retired a minute. I said, if you're looking for my Rolodex, it ain't deep. I, I maybe know five people still on active duty. I said, so really, if, if that's what you're looking for, that's not me. I, you know, I, you need somebody else, somebody more current. And now I'm trying to, now I'm schooling them, right? I'm like, you want somebody more current if you're looking for touch points. And I said, the second thing is, you don't want me to sell anything, do you? No, 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 no. We don't need anything. We know you don't need to sell anything. I said, okay, I'm not a sales guy. I'm not going to be pimping something for you. You know, I, no. My paycheck is not going to rely on the government's ability to buy or not buy. I've been part of that process. <laughs> it's slow. It's cumbersome. No. Um, so Rolodex, not deep. Don't want to sell anything because I understand the, the system. What do you really need? Again, we, we just need the connection point to the, the services. They're, they are a family-owned business. 65 people from the janitor to the president. And they have a DOD contract. At that point, they had one veteran on staff. Mm. So what they were lacking was somebody that could speak and interact with the military members uh, to understand better their product. So initially what it was is, look, we just need you to go out when we have, when somebody has a requirement, because we are really requirement based, our product, if because of the DOD contract, if you have a requirement, you're coming to us. So there's no, there's no sell to it. It's what do you need? And then it's how do we determine exactly what the end user needs and articulate that back to the civilians in the headquarters so we get it right. We're not playing the Oh, no, that's not what I wanted. No, I needed this. And no, it should have had that. So my job is to go out and kind of vet requirements and, and try and then go back to the civilians in the, in the headquarters and say, this is what they're trying to do. Let's go back to my five friends. When I told my boss that, this is a true story, gents, he slid a credit card across the desk and said, go make new friends. All right. So you understand <laughs> And you're okay with that. And you just want me to go make new friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we want you to do. So that, that was my, that was my strategy briefing from my boss, go make new friends and just be that connection point to the field. Uh, okay. I can do that. I, I, I'll give it a shot. You know, it was one of those, I'll give it a shot. 
So one of my first, now we're going to how the network started. So I'm out of Fort Hood and a friend of mine, Ryan Dillingham, he was the first Army West uh, Command Sergeant Major at the time. He goes, ah, he goes, I got a GS-12 operations job. He goes, if you want it, just let me know. He goes, I'm the hiring official, right? So even though it's not who you know, they say it's not who you know in the GS world, sometimes it's who you know. Yep. And he's like, I'm the hiring official. Just, just let me know you're interested and we'll go from there. So I go to the hotel that night and I'm like, you know what? I'm not interested, but one of my five friends may be interested. I said, let me write them and tell them what Ryan has because maybe they want it. Well, there you go. That was the light bulb moment. I'm like, all I do is tr I make my own schedule, go where I want to go. I'll just start listening for opportunities. And as opportunities present themselves, I will then share that with my friends. And my five friends are like, oh, this is great. Hey, maybe we can start talking about transition TTPs as well. So it started out kind of a, a job fair type thing. And then it morphed into, well, how did you do this? And how did you do that? And how did you overcome this obstacle in retirement? So we started talking. Oh, so me and five people, that was the genesis of what we now call the network. Uh, I give credit to Pat McCulley, former SOCOM star major, for broadening, 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 broad, our, our horizons. Have you ever Keystone? Yep. So he had just come back from Keystone, and uh, he said, Oz, he goes, man, I met some great Marines, some Air Force guys, some Navy guys, and I told them what you're doing. They want in. Well, there you go. We went from being an Army-centric network of about five people, and as of today, we're about 2,200 a little over 2,200 people. Wow. <laughs> All services, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, a.k.a. Puddle Pirates. Yep. And you see what we do. We just share information. Make sure and, you share this episode with them. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, it, you know, as we were growing, um, well, so you, you heard me today. I got out of email jail this morning because I have so yep. many people I send emails to from time to time, I get locked out. Well, early on when that started to happen, uh, we had to break into groups. So I had the snake eater group. I had the, the blue man group. I had the jarhead group. We had groups. And then one of our air force brethren who we now call the blue woman group. He's like, ah, Hey, as long as we're, oh, so the first change was I was, everybody was on the two line. And then we got so big, Sergeant Major Davenport, he, he goes, hey, Oz, you're killing me. And I'm like, Dave, how am I killing you? He goes, I love the information, but I'm on my phone 90% of the time. He goes, when I get your emails, I have to scroll through two pages of names to get to the subject. He said, why don't we just blind copy everybody? What, what, a, what a technique, blind copy. So I did. Well, the next day, what do you think everybody, well, I can't say everybody, a preponderance of these SAR majors, what do you think they said? Why did you blind copy? 
<laughs> well, it's where all the names go. Oh. Because when you retire, remember, you lose your .mil access. Yep. So they were using that to stay connected to their friends. And when they couldn't see the names anymore, like, where all the names go? So I blamed Dave Davenport. I said, hey, he wanted me to block out everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so about every six months, we now produce a list. We produce a roster of who, who's in the network, where they're at, what their email is. So that, that's how we got around that. But at that same time, uh, one of our Air Force guys was like, hey, as long as we're making changes, can we make another change? I'm like, what's that, Chris? What, what kind of change do you want? He said, in the Air Force, they're very descriptive in their subject lines. I, I guess the Air Force, you know, they want to look at the subject line, read it, and say, yeah, I need to open that now and read it, or I can file 13 it, or it needs to go into this folder. I'm an infantry guy. I said, Chris, that was your idea. You design it, and that's what we'll use. So he's the one that came up with tips, information, job ads, and assist. So he kind of broke it into subtopics in transition. So when somebody sees a subject line, they can kind of discern quickly, hey, I don't want to look at that. Is it not for me? You with me? So yeah. that's how we, we, one, went to groups, and two, went to a more descriptive subject line. And then as we got bigger, uh, I learned there's email protocols that you can only do so many emails to so many people or you get blocked as a spam. Mm. So now I manage five different emails so I can get information out to 2,200 people. Do you use like uh, CRM for any of that stuff? No, no. And, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about that too. Hey, Rob Abernathy, Sergeant Major Abernathy, He's like, hey, you know, in the special ops community, we have a SharePoint or a share drive and anywhere in the world I can reach back and I can grab information and, and pull it. I, That's a pretty good idea, Rob. No, <laughs> because two things. One, you, you have to manage it. If you have a SharePoint or a share drive, you have to manage it. I don't have time to manage it. Two, it costs. And I don't want the network to be associated with any cost to anybody. And, and I tell everybody this, if you got information to share, I'll share it. But if it requires a cost to that service member, I won't share it. Yeah. Oh, it just, there, there's enough free out there that nobody should have to pay for it. Um, so that's mm. one of the underpinnings of the network, right? Everything's got to yeah. be Nothing's going to cost. Like, oh, and, and I've talked to people before. I said, you know, even if I, so there's 2,200 people in the network. Even if I charge, we'll just say a dollar a month for you to be in the network, rest assured, half the people in it would leave. The minute yeah. you put a cost on it, they, they would bail. And we're doing this to help each other, to help others. Not making money, you know, not making any money, not, there's no monetary gain here. Yeah. So that's why there's no SharePoint, share drive, because there's no cost. And 
email becomes the easiest form that everybody uses to get information out, you know? So we, we just kind of stick to email. It's, it's trying at times. It's, it's hard to manage at times, but uh, we get it done. We get it done. That's good. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you were talking about that. Like when it, when it hits you, you know, when it's your time, I mean, that's, yep. you know, we've talked about that on here a lot. Mine was February 19th, 2017. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I still remember like the moment I was like, you know what, I think I'm done. I'm, I'm going to retire. And, um, you were talking about, uh, Zick from, Southcom. I know yeah. Mike and I have both met him. I don't know if he, he'd probably remember Mike more than me, but uh, yeah, I've met him before at some exercises when I was uh, supporting Southcom and uh, awesome dude. I, I really liked him. I got one of his coins actually in my, my thing. So yeah, that's, that's funny when you said his name I was like, Oh yeah, I remember him. So he's that, good people. yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of a, a cool story how that happened. Um, and you know, I uh, I just thought it was funny when you were talking about the one guy, how that one idea can just completely throw a wrench in the in the machinery and and get the gears caught up. So well, some ideas are good and some ideas are bad, and we take the good with the bad. And well, and you know, I tell you, we're always evolving, right? We're in in the network. We're always evolving uh, how we share information, how we communicate with one another. Um, I used to send that email seven days a week. I mean, 10 to 15 emails, seven days a week. And then one Sunday, my wife said, what are you doing? I said, I gotta get this email out. I gotta, gotta get it out, I gotta get it out. And she goes, stop, stop. She said, it's Sunday, it's family time. She goes, you need to spend time with your family. And guess what? They don't wanna see your emails on Sunday either. So stop. <laughs> so. Now I just do emails Monday through Friday. Yeah. Cool. That's still a lot. I mean, that's doing that consistently every day. That's a lot. Cause I know I get them and I'm like, ah, I don't have time to look through all these right now. Right? So a lot of times what I do is I just wait till I have uh, cause I always look through there. I pick through like little pieces, not all that stuff applies to me, but there's things that I like to look at in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's not only is it a lot to send out, it's a lot to read too. So I, I try to always make sure I block off time to sit down and look through all that stuff. Cause I, you know, even me like doing this podcast and talking to all the people that I've, you know, that we've had on here, I'm still finding stuff out all the time. Oh, I, I learn every day. Uh, and you know, I, you've been in the network. I tell everybody there's no requirement to reply. It's just information read delete i don't care it, you know it's going out but hopefully out of 2200 people that information touches somebody if we can touch one or two people out of a bit of information then we're doing the right thing i've got a folder i save them all too because there's always some good information and i just move them over to, over to the folder and then later on i can search yeah. for if it's VA stuff, if it's, you know, TRICARE or whatever, I can just hit that real quick. Uh, that's just the way I've always done my emails. But, you know, some yeah. people bend them in every little file. But me, it's a lot quicker for me just to search it. From time to time, we lose people. From time to time, we, we, we gain more than we lose, let me tell you. But 
typically their reasoning for leaving is it's too much information. It's just too many emails. But then I, I tell that story to other people and they're like, are you kidding me? That's 10 emails out of the hundred I get anyway. You just got to learn how to sort, you know, read, sift, don't need, need, save for later. How much is the information worth to you? I guess is the, the biggest thing. Um, early on, it was just me, right? I was sharing, I was get, gathering information and sharing. Well, now we've got, I wake up to, in the morning to 50 emails. So 2,200 people are sending me information through the night. I wake up in the morning and have to do my own vetting. Like, okay, that's good. That's good. Now nah, that's not good. Or I, that can wait a couple of days before I send it out. Um, so, yeah. And, every, and I tell everybody new to the network, I said, give it two weeks. I said, two weeks of emails, you will figure out what we're doing. You will get the flavor of, okay, this is friends helping friends with information. But within two weeks, you'll figure that out. Or you're like, hey, this is too much. I need out. <laughs> Take me out. And it's not for everybody. Early on, and I say early on, it was if you were an E9, we want you. If you want to, if you want to be in our network as a SAR major, come on in. But very quickly, we were only about 50 strong. We started losing people because, and this is what they would say, hey, I've only been in 20 years. I just graduated the academy. I still have a lot of legs under me. So take me out. So as a group, we said, hey, maybe we're targeting the wrong people. So we decided who, who needs help? Who really needs the help? Let me ask you this. Who is TAP designed for? Who is the transition to program? Oh, yeah. Not guys like us who are retiring. <laughs> That's for sure. No, it's designed for younger soldiers. Yeah, lowest common denominator, really. Lowest common denominator, yeah. Your E6s, E7s, and below, who at 10 years, 12 years, decide, hey, I'm done, I'm getting out, right? Now, it's there for the, the seniors as well, because everybody's got to do it, but it's really designed for the bigger population of junior soldiers and officers. So who's left behind? The senior NCOs and officers, the ones that are running to the tape, the ones that are like mission focused, I don't have time to think about retirement because we have a mission. Those are the ones that need the help. So we, as a group, we said, hey, let's, let's start targeting, and target's a bad word, let's open our, our network up to 27 years and up. So if somebody has 27 years in service and up, that's who we want to talk to and say, hey, you know what, we kind of got this thing going on if you want to be a part of it. Now, it's not a hard, stead, steadfast rule. If somebody does 20 years and decide, hey, I'm getting out, we'll, we'll put them in, right? But we started saying we want the seniors in our group that are running to the tape. That's who we really want to target. Uh, and again, target's a bad word, but we want to invite into our group. Um, and it still happens today. You got these senior NCOs and officers that all they're worried about is the mission. And all yeah. of a sudden they're yeah. walking across the stage and they don't have a plan. So 
actually, it's funny this morning on LinkedIn, Matt Quick, which I think you share some of his stuff, and we've had him on the show too. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Great, great dude. But he had this list of, of all these things there of like, here's 10 things. And he left the 10, 10th one blank. And he's, you know, kind of like, Hey, what do you think number 10 should be? And so my reply to that was like, actually the, the one thing that I think is missing from that list. And it, in my opinion, should be the number one priority is, uh, you, you need to make, if you're ready to transition, you need to, there comes a time when you need to make that your priority, right? Because that's the whole thing. The army, the Navy, air force, those organizations have been around for, you know, centuries, you know, decades, if not centuries, they're going to be okay without you, right? You need to learn that you need to understand that because nobody is going to the next day, nobody's going to say like, Hey, you know what, man? I'm that dude, Ozzy. He he busted his ass till till the his last day of service, and I really, you know, I really have a lot of respect for him. I'm going to think about that for the no. They don't care. They're going to be like, yeah, who's taking his spot, right? And I tell everybody, ten minutes after you walk across the stage, yeah, the room clears because they all go back to the office, and you're standing there with who? Who are you standing there with? Yeah. Ten minutes, family. After- your family. That's right. That's why so, I didn't even have a ceremony. I had a party and I made sure that the next day everybody remembered me because they were really hung over. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's guys, are, guys and gals are hardheaded. Uh, no, uh, mission. They need me. I have to be. The yeah, one to I, I'm important. No, no. The army, like you said, the services will survive. So to, to think, sit there and think you're that important, you're kidding yourself. <laughs> you know who you're important to? Your family. And you need to do the right thing by your family as you get ready to transition. Now, I'm not telling them to take away from the mission, but they really got to start to delegate what's going on to people around them so they can properly transition. Yeah, I'm that 30-year guy we were talking about earlier, and I – I can tell you probably at about, it was actually, it was after I met Brian because uh, when Brian was a Southcom senior enlisted, he was up there with uh, Admiral Father and I was working at Senator Rubio's office. They were up there for a posture hearing or they came up there to visit a couple times, but really great guy. But uh, after, after serving that time up in the Senate and really opening my aperture to you know, the, I think it was not the 10,000 foot view, but more of the hundred thousand foot view and coming back to little Creek and thinking about taking over, you know, another command master chief job and having to listen to sailors bitch about knives and boots and things like that, where I had, you know, I was meeting with constituents about pancreatic cancer and, you know, all this other thing, you know, TBI and veteran suicide and all these other really broad scope topics i just didn't think i had it in me anymore and i didn't think i was going to give it the due diligence that they probably should have had so therefore i just decided you know what that's my time because i just don't think i have i don't think i can flip the switch back to being that person that haven't had that exposure 
up there in DC to where I can really care about your, you don't like your boots or you don't like that knife or you don't like that right. holster or whatever the heck you're going to bitch complain about. Cause they are, it's, you know, the, it's one size or one boot never fits all. And they're always going to complain about it. And I wasn't, I wasn't in the mind, you know, the mindset to come back there and, and take that on again. And, uh, that's when I really decided around 20 late 2019 that that was it for me. And of course I still had some, some on my contract to, to work off and pay back to the government. But here we are at the 30 year mark. And, uh, that's the way it worked for me. Mostly E9s. We got some O6s in our network. Uh, I will give you this. Most of the O6s were invited in by Sergeant Majors. So if you're a colonel or a captain that got invited in by a chief or a Sergeant Major, then you got to be worth half your salt. Uh, but I went down to Fort Bragg one day. I told everybody, hey, I'm going to be a Bragg. And the colonel, who was the 18th Airborne Corps IG, oh, Oz, you're going to be in the area. Let's go to breakfast. Yeah, let's go. He goes, I'll swing by and pick you up. So he comes by, I hop in the car, and his first question to me was, hey, what nonprofit do you work for? I'm like, what? Now, remember, he's the IG, so my, my radar is kind of up now. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, all this information, you know, you got to be working. What nonprofit do you work for? I'm like, I don't work for a nonprofit. I work for a company that works for profit. I mean, no, I don't work for a nonprofit. Well, all this information, I said, sir, we told you up front, this is just friends helping friends. This is, there's no hidden agenda. There's no, I'm going to use this to get this. I mean, there's no hidden agenda here. It's just friends helping friends. And if you go into it with that mentality, then you understand the network. You know, uh, very rarely do I talk about my job. Uh, if I do, I say in the subject line, work-related. I let everybody know up front, hey, this is a work-related question. But I, I really don't use the network to work. And when we started this, I went into my boss. I say, look, I don't want to carry two phones. I I've been there, done that. I don't want to have a you know, multitude of emails, which I do now, but I kind of want to streamline and use company assets to do this. And, you know, I'm going to give my company credit. They're like, that sounds like a worthy endeavor. You go forth and do great things. So they're the ones that pay for all these emails. You got to pay for email. They pay for me to have five different emails to run the network. And I do network stuff on company on the company dime you know on their phone um and they're okay with that they support it i love them love it it's a great family company good and, on them yeah it is i i can't say enough good things about them for sure uh, they're, they're yeah you company. sent something out i think about a month or so ago about uh an opportunity there because trevor and i are both eod so we've used Hell their yeah. products for uh well prior entire careers one way shape or form and uh i think it's something you sent out about it and i was like man louisville i'd have a hard time selling my wife to come out there but trevor and i used to travel out there for when we work with the seal teams and do uh, uh mount training there at zussman i yeah, think it's called yeah, knox. Uh, knox yeah and then uh go up to muscatatuck 
Yep. You ever been up there? That, yep. that place is haunted. I swear to God, that place is haunted. <laughs> it was actually well, on that show, Ghost ago, Adventures. Right? And we're still looking. So you are know you? Any, if, if you know any EOD explosive guys that are looking, we're, we're looking to hire. Um, and, we you need to get you some guys out of uh, – there's Det Earl up there in uh, – Earl, or not Earl, where is it? Where is it, Trevor, Indiana? What's it called? Oh, um, Crane. Crane. That crane, crane up there. Yeah. That, that's um, not too far. Run, that's who we run our uh, DOD contract through. Crane. Yeah, we got a lot of guys that go up there and retire out of the senior enlisted position up there. E8 guys yep. that, that will retire out of there. Where's Paul um, Cannon at? Is he? I know he Idaho. had a house there. He's in Idaho now. Oh. He, he's like a mountain man in northern Idaho. Yeah. He's he's lost. Oh. Well, you know, 90% of the, the next job is going to be who you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I tell people in the network, while you're in uniform, you're just a sponge. You, you don't know how to retire. You've never done it. So you're just soaking in information. I said, when you become valuable is when you retire. Because now you've gone through it. You have your own TTPs to share. And most of the time... A large percentage of the time, we we all end up in positions of authority or influence. So we have the ability to then say, hey, Trevor's a good guy. He knows explosives. We're looking for somebody. And I can streamline you right into the hiring official. You know what I mean? So, and I, I tell that's your payback. There's no requirement to pay anything back while you're in uniform. Just watch, listen, and learn. But when you get out, that's when you have the ability to then give back to the force uh, because you, you're going to get, I'm telling you, you're going to find your next job based on who, you know, not posting a resume out there. Quick question. Do they get to actually use any of the explosives? Who us? <laughs> yeah, you know, the guy like I was, Oh, those, no, sorry, oh, man. I was no. thinking I haven't blown anything up in forever. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's not us. We just store it. We don't blow it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's no fun. There's too much paperwork involved in that. We need some testers. That's Trevor and I. We can test yeah. it. Product we'll, validation. Whatever you guys, you should let us know. We'll, we'll <laughs> find somewhere around here we can go get in trouble. Well, you know, <laughs> there was, go ahead. Sorry. There's three things uh, you have to think about, right? Location. We talked about location and how I ended up in Kentucky. Um, Next is how much money you need to make in retirement. So once you know your retirement and your disability, if you have any, what, what, what kind of standard of living you want, you know, how much money do you need to make? And the last one is passion. Because if you're not, you've been doing the military for so long, you join because of a passion, I would hope, and you stay because of that. But when you get out, that's gone. So now you have to find what you're passionate about to keep you engaged. Um, the network is my passion. Mm -hmm. My job is my job. But the network has really become my passion, why I wake up in the morning, why I do what I do to help others. And in the process, I'm able to help my company, and they're good with that. And there we go. Um, that's my passion. And I hope everybody can be as lucky as me to find their passion. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I say that all the time too. Like, hey, man, passion or purpose over profit, right? Yep. 
don't because yeah I, I talk to so many guys that make a lot of money that are miserable they're like you know i i don't want to do this job anymore but the money's just too good and i'm like yeah that's a trap and i was like part of the problem is is you're not setting and, and you know for me like this is is a passion project but it's kind of funny like my work as a financial advisor is a passion project too like you know making sure people know about the alternatives to some of that stuff when they retire um I see too many people like I on a daily basis, you know, if on average I have three or four meetings a day, um, these people aren't setting themselves up to be, you know, independent to where it's like, I work this job cause I want to, not cause I have to, right. I like what I do. And, um, so yeah, I, I totally get that. And it, it makes me sad to see that so many people squander that opportunity, especially if you retire, like, I mean, you know, just, you know, as a retired E9 at, at, at 30 years. And, you know, if you do your VA disability, right, you're making almost a hundred K a year just for waking up every day. Right. Right. <laughs> Don't take advantage of that. And, and, you know, do it, take care of yourself now. Well, you know, Eric Horton, uh, we shared that a couple of weeks back. He's like an E9 with 20 years, the day after he retires, is probably going to be making more than he was on active duty because you'll have your retirement and then disability on top of that. And again, depending on your rating, you could potentially be making more the day after you retire than you did on active duty. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. He's right. Depending on your, yeah. Depending I, on your VA disability. Um, I've done the math uh, cause I'm the 30 year guy. And I'm looking at, you know, 20 years in EOD, probably 100% permanent total. Um, I think my net is somewhere in the mid-90s. That's after taxes. And that's not even if we do the, uh, was it the CRSC? Yep. On top of that. So then yeah. now you're getting pushing that because that's, you know, mine, I, you know, 90k a year almost all of that tax-free like you people don't look at the equivalent of that that's like basically like making 120k a year taxable and then you throw on top of that too for the guys that don't get out at 30 that don't max out at 75 percent. there's the um dudes that have valor awards right the extraordinary hair was i don't know if you've ever done an email on that if not i can share some stuff with you I have not. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, as soon as we get done here, I'll email that stuff to you because that's another one. If you have Valor Awards, I can't remember if it specifies um, whether it's Bronze Star or higher or not. I I, I want to say I've seen a line like that somewhere. but I think I, it's I a Bronze a, Star with a V. Yeah. So I got a proof for that. I retired at 20, but uh, because I had that Valor Award, I'm getting 60% of my pension at 20 instead of 50 that's huge. Nice. <laughs> I yeah, mean, sure. you know, so you throw that on top of there, you throw in the, the CRSC, um, you know, the hundred percent VA disability, not to mention the other benefits come along with that too. State benefits, uh, you know, most of the States have benefits for veterans with certain VA disability ratings in Virginia. If you get rated 90% or higher, your kids can go to school in state for just about nothing. Well, I don't pay personal. 
Oh, I was going to say, I don't pay personal property taxes on my house. That's yeah. about to transfer over to my vehicles too. Um, One of the reasons we moved to Indiana was because my daughter being a disabled vet can go to college for free. Yeah. We didn't know. We, we found out later at the closing table that that was a, a, a benefit. I'm like what? So you don't know what you don't know. Uh, when we first started talking about VA disability, somebody in the network's like, hey, nobody should be trying to game the system. And I was like, look, nobody's trying to game anything, but you got to understand the system so it doesn't take advantage of you, okay. you know? So I kind of had to walk them off the ledge. I'm like, we're not trying, nobody's trying to game anything, but you got to understand how to navigate the system to get what's owed to you. Much like your valor, uh, you know, your medals were valid. I didn't know that. So you just talked, you said earlier, I learn something new every day. This group of great Americans that we have called the network, every day I learn something from somebody. And I think there's understanding, like you said, that there there's gaming the system and there's understanding how the game is played. Right. And those there are two go. different things. And what and the problem with us, you know, all of us that have done years, I mean, God for doing 25 years as an 11 Bravo or whatever MOS you had, that's a long time of wear and tear on your body. Just like Trevor and I doing almost, you know, I did 30 years, Trevor did over 20 years, but doing that long in EOD and jumping and diving, wearing body armor, getting blown up and all that kind of stuff. There are going to be days where I get out of bed and I feel better than some other days. But when you get up that morning and you go for that general medical exam with the VA, you got to remember, how do you feel some of the days on your worst day? Because if you go in there to that VA exam and you're like, you know what, I feel good today. Or you take, you take Motrin that morning because you're, you, you're just dumb and you do that. That's not what that's, that's what under, that's understanding how the game is played, right. not gaming the system understanding that there are days when I get out of bed and my back cracks all the way up and down, or, you know, my head hurts or, you know, my shoulder feels like it's going to pop out of place. Cause I've separated them both. You know, that's completely different than gaming the system. That's understanding how the game is played that some, some days I, I have a hard time throwing the ball to my kids because my shoulder just doesn't want to move that way anymore. And I'm almost 50, you know, and like, I remember, probably four or five years ago, I was talking to my wife about the VA system and the guy that I had relieved was hundred percent permanent total. And the, the, the guy could still out PT most of the students at EOD school. And, and she's like, well, that's, that's fraud. That's complete fraud. And I'm like, not, not, no, it's not because you have to look at it. If in 15 or 20 years from now, I can't even remember my name when I get up in the morning and you need somebody to come here and have in-home health care that's done and taken care of. That's provided. And the only reason that is afforded us is because we went through and did things properly. We documented them. Yeah. We went through the procedures to make sure that this was all packaged and, and, and presented correctly. And, and you got to get it out of your head that, you know, oh, I feel good today. And I, you know, now my head's not very foggy today and you know you got to just get over that stuff and and be you know be humble enough to put it down and then get it documented and if it's zero fine 
it's zero, but it's in there. And then later on, if it really starts to act up, if you're, you know, your ankle is really torn up and it's really starting to bother you, go back to him again and, and revisit that and say, Hey, it's in there. I claimed it. It was zero this time, but now I can't even move the damn thing because of, you know, I, you know, I fractured it on a jump 25 years ago. It's all in there. And then they'll look at increasing the, you know, potentially increasing that. But if you don't, if you go in there too proud and you say it doesn't hurt and you don't even bother to put it in there, you're screwed in the end. It's a huge uphill battle yeah. to get, to get that. Yeah. Well, that's a part of that process is your claims are vetted by medical professionals too. So there's no real gaming it. Um, well, again, but, that, that's just, that was the initial comment from somebody, but once, once we laid it out, just like Mike did, I mean, he understood and he goes, you're right. We all just need to talk through how to, how to go about doing this. And that's the beauty of the network. We just share information. Everybody shares their TTPs. Uh, you, I hope you've seen, I don't, I don't pick sides. I'll send out the good and the bad and the ugly and then let you read and you decide. Uh, I don't, I don't come down one way or the other about, oh, well, you're right and you're wrong. No, here's here's the feedback. And then you, everybody read what everybody said and make an informed decision. Now, I've seen people game the system. Don't I've had sailors that work for me that I've seen game the system. No doubt about it. But you got to get that out of your head. Okay. And there's no – you can't disprove that. There's There are medical – there's wiggle room within that system that, you know, and then we'd be crossing over HIPAA as senior, you know, senior leaders if we even did that. And that's a whole, you know, that's for another day. But, you know, I thought it was interesting. There was one day you sent out an email and it was about a guy discussing, I can't remember who originated the email, but it was about the permanent total and whether or not you could even get a job if yes, you were permanent total. That, yeah. And, I, and it was amazing fortunate for me i mean with trevor and you know tons of other eod guys and around seals and stuff like that it's pretty common for us and we go out and get you know work you know guys get gs jobs guys go work in industry guys go and work you know their their own gig uh but it was amazing the, the guys didn't know that but then the other thing was i was like you know what i'm gonna respond to this and I'm going to go on the VA website and I'm going to find a reference. Good luck. Good luck. Navigate in that maze and find exactly where that damn reference is. You yeah. know, being a senior listed guy, I'm like, oh, hell, there's got to be a reference. There's got to be an instruction somewhere. I know I can find it, cite it, and I'll give it to them. And that'll answer everything. <laughs> I don't have the time and the day to find that thing. And yeah. fortunately, you know, through the network, people started chiming in and answering, you know, the questions that I think a lot of people had probably. But it was amazing, you know, that for one, that the that, that question is still out there. And number two, that it's so difficult to find the references and navigate in the VA maze. And that's just the medical side. You got the educational side that I found when I was using that uh, about six or eight months ago. That was tough to navigate, trying to figure out how to get this paid. Who do you who do you turn this into? How long does it take? COVID's making it, you know, drawing it longer. Uh, you know, then you got the real estate side, you got loans on that, you got, you know, potential small business stuff on, on that side. There's, there's all these, it's a spider web of what's available to us. 
And it's, it's almost like that old book you used to do, you know, you get to page four and you choose which number you're going to go to. And then you, you go to page 78 and you're like, Oh shit. Okay. I got to go there. And then you go, it's, it's a labyrinth of, of navigating the the VA. Well, so what, what we try and do in the network is just, you know, friends helping friends and we share information and hopefully help people better navigate their transition and life after the military. That's, that's really what we try and do. And, uh, that's my passion guys. That's what I'm glad you're part of it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it too. And I was wanted to throw that out there too. If, if it helps, um, you know, we can post when we find stuff like that, put it on the, the get to vet LinkedIn page too, because that's, that's just kind of the main tool that I use for outreach is LinkedIn. And I know there's, there's a lot of people. So I'll, you know, anything that you, you know, want me to, I'm, you know, more than happy to put it out there and share it and send to my network as well. Cause there's, yeah, there's so much good info in there that I, you know, and nobody has it right. So people go, go into this stuff and they have all these, these misconceptions about how things work because nobody's really, as we call it in the Navy, they get the, the sea lawyer breakdown. You know, the guy was like, Oh, they can't do that to you. They can't do this. Like, <laughs> Right. You know, I, I can't stand that when people do that, but uh, I, I love sharing information. So, well, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you and, and get added to the network? And, you know, well, what kind of prerequisites do you have for that? There's only two ways to get in the network. Uh, either one, I have to meet you in person or two, somebody in the network invites you in. Uh, that's just kind of how we keep it. Friends helping friends. And we keep the I know we're at 2,200 people, but we, we tend to keep the circle tight because that's our way of vetting. If you're invited in by somebody in the network, they've already explained to you what we do, what we're about, or I meet you and we're able to discuss, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to get about 10 emails a day, but this is what you're going to get. Um, those are the only two ways to get in, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's a, <laughs> well, it's a good thing, too, to have, you know, even for guys like Trevor and I, if we get one of these spurious questions that somebody may have that we could reach back even to your network and go, Hey, look, we can't find this. Anybody, you, you know, any, you guys have any uh, experience with this type of thing? Right. I'm sure you guys will help us out. Well, and, and that's, yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, so those are the only two ways to get in. And I say this, if Mike, you just said it, if we're sharing information amongst our group, and we're then sharing that to our other groups, Trevor, we're sharing it out to our groups. Well, then I don't have to worry about having everybody in our network because we have the right people in. Does that make, did that just make sense? Yeah. The, the people in our network are servant leaders and they understand what we're doing. And as long as they share that information out and down, we don't have to worry about being a large, all encompassing network. We just keep it nice and tight and, that's how we are. No. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, well, I'm, I'm glad you're, you're out there and thank you so much for doing what you're doing. I know a lot of folks are getting some good value out of it. So thank you guys. And uh, awesome episode for us to get back into, you know, get a come back from our summer break. So David Osborne, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we, we look forward to continuing to be a part of the network here in the future. All right, Mike, Trevor, thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm right. looking forward to leveraging the, the network.
Sounds good, guys. Have a good day. You, you too. too. Thank you for listening to the Get to Vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net and let us help you get to vet.